Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witz here with Pastor Grant. Grant, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. We are recording uh, our podcast a little late. It was a rough schedule last week, and uh, so Labor Day, and then uh, there was a conference, and so we are giving it to you. We're just giving it to you a little bit late, but that's okay, barely than ever. Amen. Maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, Amen. But we will be in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Uh, Grant, would you mind uh, reading that for us? I'd love to. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So, uh, Grant, what, what would you say, you're studying and as you're preaching, what was the main point you think Matthew is trying to leave us with, with this section of scripture? There's work to be done. Okay. Uh, that, that Lord has uh, left us here uh, for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, and he wants us to be partakers yeah. in what he's doing. What he's doing. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's good. Um so maybe uh, break this down. Was there anything um, uh, that you wanted to uh, maybe drive home that you didn't get that chance to? Or was there any points that kind of stuck out to you? You're like, man, like, that was yeah. good. That was really good. Yeah, this is, this is a absolutely wonderful passage. But as you're dealing with, with time constraints and things of that nature, you're trying to, to be so... Uh, concise. Right. Uh, I, I just wanted to kind of honestly be able to even go back through Matthew to show like great gospel. this is what, yes, <laughs> good gracious, yes, uh, what he is, what he was doing through the whole thing, uh, which was very uh, tempting uh, to do, but had to stay uh, concise mm-hmm. uh, and with it. So, um, but all this, I mean, th- this is repetition of what Jesus did. He went throughout all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. Uh, please just go back through, I mean, you can go back through this gospel or uh, Luke or Mark or John, uh, you know, uh, maybe Luke would be your best. <laughs> Uh, but and 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 he did does this continually. Uh, this is not special for any uh, specific location or because this was his third uh, Galilean trip. Uh, but this is what he did constantly. Yeah. Uh, is there maybe in the section of scripture something you would like the church to take away from it? Is there any? how they should feel, what they should do, or is there encouragement there? Yeah, um, thinking of uh, the way that it was linked together with Jonah, 
uh, and the anger that Jonah had and then the compassion that Jesus had for the lost is something that I really would like us uh, to hang with. Um, and then going into Acts uh, to where we truly see this manifested out yeah. as the body of believers. So when you think of compassion, what, what images come to your mind? Well, I think he gives a great imagery here, uh, something I couldn't go into very much. I mean, you've got to think uh, of what a shepherd wants to do with his sheep. I mean, he is keeping constant eyes upon them. Uh, he is laying at their gate night after night. I mean, his focus, I mean, this is what he does continually. Yeah. Uh, he, he does not, in a sense, care for himself. He cares for the sheep. Mm -hmm. That's good. Is there maybe, um, so I'm in, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm on staff here, right? I get paid to do ministry. Yes. But there, I mean, our church is not composed of staff people. They have right. families and jobs and I mean, they're working 40, 50, 60 hours. They come home with family. Where might they display this, Some, I mean, compassion, obviously you can see that in their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, is evangelistic compassion that he's kind of hitting at here? How might that practically be shown in someone's like, because like, I can't, because you can imagine like, when do I have the time to yeah. do this or how would I possibly do that? Yeah. And, and I don't think it's a thing of, uh, okay, I can only do this if I'm a pastor or overseer uh, and then I can truly be a shepherd. Uh, God, if, if he has called you to himself and you are his son or daughter, uh, what he has put you in charge of is every, uh, person that you come in contact with, whether it be at your job, in your home, uh, with friends, uh, with family, uh, he has given you specific roles in each one of those settings, but we sift all of that through uh, being a son and daughter of God. Yeah. You know, um, I, I tell people in pre-marriage counseling, uh, yes, she is going to be your wife. He is going to be your husband, but never forget that they are a son or daughter mm -hmm. of the king. Yeah. <laughs> It changes the way you would, uh, yeah, treat uh, right. a son or daughter. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I think we can shift a mindset. Like I think of Amber; she is my wife. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's great. But if I view her not only as my wife, but first and foremost as a daughter yeah. of the King. You know, if I'm going to work, yes, he has provided this job for me. He gives me an opportunity to uh, provide for my family. But seeing all the people that I interact with, with, okay, is this someone the Lord is calling to himself? And he is using me yeah. to allow them to hear the good news of yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you want to trace everyone back to their relationship with God. That's Amen. kind of like you're saying. The first and foremost is not necessarily what the relationship is to you. Amen. Right? Oh, they're my uh, employee or coworker, or it's like, no, 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 like child of God, not child of God. Right. You know, and that's going to, oh, that's, that's good. That's important. Um, so 
verse 37 says, Then he said to disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And you almost expect him to say, All right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. But he says, Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What does that, you think, reveal to us about Jesus and God that he says, First, don't just go. He says, Pray. Yeah. Pray earnestly. Yeah. Amen. What is he unpacking there? Well, one, I think he's setting the example of what he did. Uh, every night he would go up on the mountain uh, and him and God the Father would communicate basically for, uh, in a sense, the next day. <laughs> and so uh, as, as as he's uh, going up on the mountain to discern uh, the Father's will, uh, we as well uh, must discern the Father's will yeah. and, and participate and pray earnestly that uh, his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, that he would call men and women, right. boys and girls to himself, that he would wish that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance, mm-hmm. that they would see their brokenness and need for a Savior and just pleading mm-hmm. for them uh, because that's, uh, where uh, that compassion comes in. Because if I don't have compassion for them, then I never pray earnestly. Yeah, that's good. Um, but he, said, he calls himself the, uh, he says, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what, what does that mean, Lord of the harvest? Yeah, uh, well, that that he is the one that produces the growth. Another reference that, that I wasn't able to go to because of time constraints is, is when you're over in 1 Corinthians, you're thinking about uh, Paul, Paul waters, uh, or Paul scatters, uh, Apollos waters, but it's God who produces the growth. Uh, he allows us to pray to him. He allows us to share the gospel, but he is the one that produces the growth. He is the one that calls men and women, boys and girls to himself uh, in this uh, fallen and broken world. Yeah. And so with that prayer, pray the Lord of harvest to mm-hmm. send out laborers into the harvest. Into his harvest. To his harvest. His yeah. harvest. He's the Lord. It's his. He's, yeah, amen. <laughs> Not yours. Into <laughs> his harvest. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so what's the uh, the sending, right? That's kind of, you know, we think of the passage. All right, finally. <laughs> so right. Go. Like, yeah. Send. Uh, yeah. And you kind of, kind of plays right into Matthew chapter 10 where he's... Yeah. Sending out the apostles and yeah. instructing them. Another thing of time constraints <laughs> that you can go into. <laughs> we got plenty of time for this one. You guys buckle up, all right? Let's go. Uh, you never listen to a two hour podcast. Right? <laughs> uh, so, I guess, is there um, encouragement or exhortation there to when you hear send out laborers into his harvest? What? What's coming to your mind, your heart? Well, I think it, it, it allows us to be a part of the whole grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm praying for God to send out laborers, but I'm not saying, oh, Lord, please send out wit. Lord, please send out Amber. Please send out Dave. I'm saying... Oh, Lord, wherever these labors may come from, 
from different nations, from, you know, I think it allows us to see a a bigger, uh, broader expanse of uh, the church in general, the universal church. Uh, Because just like these harvests, if, if we look out into a harvest field, like we can't see the specific grain. We see it all together. And so as the laborers would go out, we want to see it uh, maybe not as individualistic as our society does, but us moving as a mass. Uh, even even what uh, speaking of the conference, while we could we were kind of delayed, but the they spoke about the the uh, road being narrow, mm-hmm. uh, and and then the gate being wide to destruction. And so, but if we who are following in this narrow come all together and but you're also thinking of past present and future mm-hmm. you know of believers who God has uh, called to himself or desires to call to himself I think it just gives a beautiful picture that's almost overwhelming mm-hmm. because I don't know if any of you ever feel alone ever feel like you're the only one plugging ahead, yeah. but you're not. You know, you're you're with the saints who went out here because it's the same message right. that unites us together. That's good. Is there maybe um, just some uh, practical things that someone listening to this could do this week to help apply this text to their life? And there's a couple that come to your mind like, Try this, or maybe try this. Or... Yeah. Well, first, start with prayer. Mm. Uh, as he says, pray earnestly. Uh, ask the Lord to open your eyes to see people around you, to see them through a biblical worldview instead of a worldly view. Mm. And and then, as he raises your eyes up, as he uh, lightens your eyes, uh, to see things more clearly the way that he would. Uh, because even for him to go out, and it says, it says, when he saw the crowds. And so ask the Lord for you to see people mm-hmm. because that's once he saw them, that's when he was moved with compassion. Mm-hmm. And so as, as we practically desire to uh, see this world and be moved with compassion. Yeah. Ask the Lord to not change our daily schedule, but allow us to see, huh, there's 12 pumps at this gas station. I'm at one of them. While you're standing there waiting for your gas to pump, yeah looking around and seeing if you can catch eye contact with somebody. <laughs> Look at me. Look at yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do it all the time. <laughs> like, I have people, I'll be honest with you, I have people that approach me because I'm looking at them intently and I'm smiling at them. They come up to me and approach me and say, hey, do I know you? <laughs> And I say, no, but I know somebody you need to know. (laughs) 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 That's good. That's good. Um, 
And so lastly, I w- we want to close. Um, we talked about this. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like in the middle of the sermon, there was, you know, something kind of came over you or there's some, you know, something in your mind was going on. And you kind of just voiced to, you know, the church, right? Like, uh, it's not going the way I planned. Yeah. You know, is it maybe you want to like share kind of a little bit more of like what's going on or what was happening? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, for those of you who don't have never planned a sermon, uh, never plan on teaching anything, there's there's a flow to it. Um, And honestly, I still don't know. And I think probably because I needed to pause, I needed to show that vulnerability. But as I went through the text without sharing my introduction, that was in my notes, that was written out uh, word for word. I just did not share it. And so it's like you can't close out after you go through the message because you didn't get the beginning. Um, at this uh, conference that we went to, he, he, he made the reference of the introduction of you've invited somebody to come to your house and every house has a sidewalk that kind of leads up to the front door and then you go into the house. Well, I didn't give a proper leading up to the house. Hmm. So therefore, when I kind of picked you guys up and threw you <laughs> in the middle of the house and was like, hey, here it is. You know, I don't know if if it was, you know, my mind thinking of time constraint, um, thinking, you know, I was excited about the passage, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. the the introduction was more personal, uh, as you heard at the end uh, with this lady who had passed away. Um, and I never want any of the focus to be on me. I want it to be on God. And so there's a myriad of things, but... Um, as as I was I was up there and and I just I wanted you guys to to understand this pa- this passage of scripture uh, because it's just the word of God mm-hmm. and, and that was my heart and and I just really believe that God had this event to happen in our lives He didn't have this by coincidence but that it was a tangible. Uh, example of someone who prayed earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Yeah. And and that's what this lady, Karen Goebel, did. And I just, you know, I, I knew that I needed you guys. I, I had two options, honest, to ex- totally exclude it. Mm-hmm. And just stay with the scripture or stop altogether, mm-hmm. show vulnerability that I had messed up, that I had not followed the way that I had written out yeah. to be able to share uh, the holistic of the practical application or an example of it's not just pastors that need to do this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that we think of someone who is educated enough or someone who is going to impact the kingdom. 
But no, we are moved with compassion, just like this lady was. She was moved with compassion when she saw this eight-year-old girl who was at dance class with her daughter and had non-believing parents who weren't leading her in the ways mm -hmm. of God. And she took this as an opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah. And that was her having her eyes up and seeing God's vantage point instead of her own. Because mm -hmm. what do we want to do when we pick up our kids from an activity? We want to get in as quick as we can and get out so that we can feed them supper, so that we can get their homework done, mm -hmm. so that we can get them yeah. into bed, so that what? We can selfishly sit on the couch ourselves. Mm -hmm. But that's our vantage point, mm -hmm. not God's. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I I was encouraged just you know by your vulnerability, you know, especially from the pulpit of like, I think there is a sense of, um, especially in America, we fall in this trap of professionalism of mm -hmm. like, uh, but I mean, I think of Paul in First Corinthians, right? Yet come with words of eloquent wisdom. Why? So the power of the cross would not be emptied, right? And, it's, and I think you even said it. it's not about the uh, preachers, the passage. Yeah. Is that the yeah. quote? It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't the preacher. It was the passage. Yeah, I mean, we will live and we will die, Amen. but the word of God will continue on. Like he, right. it's His harvest. Amen. And so maybe encouragement to you listening. Uh, often with, I mean, this is evangelistic text, right? Mm -hmm. Often with evangelism, we feel our uh, inadequacies are awkwardness right it's not always like this smooth like hey how's it going oh you don't know about jesus <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Uh, but i think in that right i mean i was encouraged just by grant's honesty and vulnerability that you know it's not necessarily about us right Amen. it's about god and yeah you know it's his harvest and we just want to be faithful in what we're called to do so uh grant would you mind praying us out yeah i'd love to Father, as we do think about you and your uh, holiness, Lord, I pray that uh, as it is your word that we desire that is implanted in people's heart, that desires uh, us and those within the body to, to go and share uh, your glorious truths which most and foremost are with the gospel lord and as we are all inadequate to share your perfect truth that's what makes the gospel so beautiful that you allow fallible men and women to share the truth of your gospel uh, lord we love you uh, and not only is it your gospel, but because you have bought us with a price, it is our gospel. And we belong to it, and it belongs to us. And we are thankful for it, and I pray that we would uh, be a people that would pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into his harvest. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.